You are listening to another episode of the Third and East Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Third East Podcast. Swan, December is here. Are we feeling the uh, it's playoffs? Or as the 2000 Ravens called it, Festivus? It's time to separate the contenders from the pretenders. It's playoff puts season now. And there's a lot of pretenders. Oh, I mean, the, as me and you have said, the league as a whole this year is down competitive wise. But I mean, it's 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 definitely more well rounded as we talk as we're going to talk about it and everything. Um, but I mean, last week Sloan, there was a lot of really good games. Um, obviously we came off of Thanksgiving Thanksgiving week and everything. Um, I think. You know, really powerful teams really separate themselves from the rest of the pack and everything. I mean, there's some really, really bad teams and everything. But you had some upsets, of course. You had the Bears being the uh, the Vikings on Monday Night Football from two weeks ago and everything. You had the Packers being the Lions on the, on Thanksgiving as well here. And then we have we go into this week and everything, and it's a lot of close games. And it's time, you know, it kind of shows you the way the league is balanced right now this year. Yeah, balanced and bad. Balanced but and bad. It's 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 getting better, I should say. These last couple of weeks there's been some entertaining games. Very very entertaining games. And let's start uh, obviously some we're gonna talk about the biggest game of the over the overall week and everything, which uh going into it was going to be the number one team in the in, number one versus number two team in the NFC, which was the San Francisco forty ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh and the 49ers just absolutely dominated that football game. Yeah. Evil Samuel just completely ran over them. The Eagles, after the first quarter and a half, they didn't know what to do. And they were completely exposed. They were. They were. The whole. Do you remember the 20? I know this wasn't that long ago. You remember the 2015 Panthers? Oh, yeah. Well, they had kind of a um, how do I put this? Ron Rivera basically said, "What would happen if we attacked the initiative of college offenses not working in the NFL?" So they went for it, and they tried to be more college, which is when Cam Newton thrived, best season. But then teams figured out. Very quickly. They are basing their entire passing game over Cam Newton opening it up with his legs. And now it's Jalen Hurts with his So what what the but the Eagles offense that's not their biggest strength is Jalen Hurts. It's their offensive line. No shit. Top it's top two, you know, it's the best in the league, maybe top three. On a bad week, I would, I would say they it's had, number one. I, I can't think of two. I can't not, think of who would be ahead of them. Has, the offensive line has not played very well in the last two weeks. Yeah, you miss Lane Johnson. Oh yeah, they do. That injury's huge. So Jalen Hurts had the worst rushing numbers of his career. He had seven carries for twenty yards. Still got a touchdown because it's Jalen Hurts. They're going to feed him an easy rushing touchdown in garbage time. Push, push, outlaw yeah, the, it. 
yeah, the tush push. It's kind of fun to watch. But one thing that I'm kind of tired of seeing, there's this, there's an unnecessary amount of hate towards Brock Purdy. And he gets a lot of it because, well, he's doing this, but he's doing it on a really good roster with a really good defense and a really good offensive line. So what did Jalen Hurts do? Last year. Yeah, so with his first year of starting, everyone's like, man, this guy's not that good. All of a sudden, he gets a receiver, offensive line gets beefed up, he gets a run game, their defense gets re- you know, realigned. All of a sudden, they're performing so much better. So why, why is there so much love for Jalen Hurts? And I'm not saying I have anything wrong with Jalen Hurts. But there's definitely a double standard between these two quarterbacks. And when, you're, and when you watch them play, Brock Purdy outperformed him. Brock Purdy looked ready. He looked like he wasn't rattled. He sat in the pocket, dealt with the pressure that he was delivered, and got over 300 passing yards on 19 completions against a pretty good defense. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Brock Purdy's legit. Does he benefit from the system? Yeah, so does Jalen Hurts, though. I'm tired of the double standard. Absolutely. There's a double standard. Everyone's talking. Every Eagle fan and majority of the national media said that Jalen Hurts was number one choice for MVP. That was bullshit. That was bullshit. His passing numbers are down from last year. It's, it's because of his running, his, his overall running numbers. There are a few quarterbacks that have better overall numbers than him. Outside, you know, you know, passing definitely and everything. Jalen Hurts is bailed out by his offensive line, AJ Brown. If he didn't have one or the other, if he didn't have either. Or just take away one pedestrian at best. I take there. I don't care. No, I, I've never been big on Brock Purdy. You didn't take away Debo Samuel. He'll still put up decent numbers because that's how the system is. Now, if you take Christian McCaffrey away, then eh, it might be something different. But that's why. That's why they traded for Christian McCaffrey. The team is built overall. Brock Purdy made the best of it. And that's what Brock Purdy. Got his revenge after being knocked out of that NFC Championship game. You think the 49ers had that game in the back of their heads? They, you bet your ass they did. Absolutely, they did. Is the trilogy coming off, coming up in the playoffs? I think so. I think it's only, I think it's going to win. I think. However, I'm going to say this: the 49ers, outside that three-game uh, losing streak, the only team that is beating them, the only team that legitimately beat them without injuries was the Cleveland Browns. Right. And that was a road game against a group. And that's arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah, was he still? Was that whenever he was? Um, there was like that three week stretch where he was and Purdy pretty played awful on that. And everyone thought oh, he was hurt. He was MVP. Tent. Well, and Purdy was no Purdy was healthy. Debo Samuel was hurt, and Trent Williams was hurt. And the offense wasn't the same. It wasn't. It, I hope people learn from this year that. These franchise left tackles like Lane Johnson and Trent Williams, you can see how your teams function. These top two teams function without them. The top eight teams in the NFL right now have top caliber offensive lines, every single one of them. There's no argument. So for the casual fans who don't like seeing tackles get drafted or or they don't like seeing guys like Quentin Nelson get drafted, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. You can't tell me that these guys aren't important. Well, to, to, to my 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 closing my closing point on this game is the you know to, the the Eagles to me everyone talks about their record being one loss entering this week 
they lost. They won every close game this year. Just like the Vikings last year. They were exposed. They lost to the you know, they lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Right. Jets have a good defense, but the Jets' defense is legit. And they shut uh, Hurts down in that game. And that's what? Hurts played a very equally, if not better, defense in San Francisco. And guess what? Look, his rushing total wasn't very good. He got exposed. That's two games against good defenses that they've lost. They, they, I mean, they got absolutely they got outplayed offensively. They got played defensively. I mean, the, the 49ers are a better team than the Eagles right now. No, I completely agree. They're they're and, complete. And, and the 49ers, outside of those injury that injury stretch, they've dominated every game. That's the best team in the NFL right now. Period. Not even close. We move on. So uh, the next, you know, one game that we also want, a uh, couple things I want to talk about here: your Texans, when our heartbreaker down to the wire again. Oh yeah. They always play. They are the cardiac Texans. Yeah, it drives me nuts. I'm like, oh my god, pick one direction or the other. This is this is killing me. This is killing me. Another this game time of bad it was officiating. The de- this time it was the def- This time it was the defense. Um, that really won him the game. Yeah, after uh, after two weeks ago, we just we had no answer for Trevor Lawrence, uh, despite a, of course an interception and a couple sacks. We had no answer for him. We weren't stopping him. The officiating was bad, but at the same time, we got carved up in the secondary. It was terrible. It was terrible. But I'm glad that we bounced back. We split the we split the division series with them, and. Denver was on that hot streak, so it felt pretty good to end that, and it's going to feel even and, better and when we beat the Jets huge, by thirty. And that's a and that's a huge game for the that's a huge win for the Texans because the Broncos are competing for the same wild card spot as the Texans right now. It's a huge game. Eco Collins nine catches, one hundred ninety one yards. Told have, you. A, have yourself a day. You know, here Tank Dell is out and everything. Um, and Eagle Collins is looking at he. You know, he looks like you know, is he the number one receiver in Houston? Is it Tank Dell? I mean, but it's a good one-two punch going forward with CJ Stroud. That they might be peaking. They might be. They might or may not make. They may make the playoffs. They may not. But this is a gravy season for your Houston Texans right now. And by the way, Will Anderson, have yourself a game. Best game as a pro so far, in my opinion, was Will Anderson. Excellent game. Oh, he he's he's starting to get the sack numbers, which was the biggest criticism that he had all year. Well, in today's day and age, I'm not saying sacks are overrated. You can't consider them the end all be all. It's pass rushes. Pass it's pass rushes. It's pressures. Are you getting pressure? Are you getting tackles for loss? Like, or as a defensive end. Can you get tackles for loss? Can you stop the run? Can you just pressure the quarterback or hurry them? And the answer is yes. He's doing all that. Yeah. The guy, to me, he is defensive player. He's defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's been a difference maker for that team right now. And it's so, and usually defensive ends, you do not see it year one for first rounders, especially. Oh, yeah, J.J. Watt was terrible his first seven games. Go back and look at his first seven-game highlights. He was garbage. Well, now I look at your boy. Look at your Houston Texans. 
with them trading up to get Will Anderson, I know you were so excited. You cursed the CJ Stroud pick and everything. Uh, I think that was the appropriate move. 100%. I was I was like, man, they drafted Stroud. And I, I love the Stroud pick now. I didn't see the value at number two, but it's clearly there. He's clearly the best quarterback in this draft by a mile, by a, by a mile. marathon. He's better than guys who were drafted two years ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this oh, this he's uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. He's probably the best quarterback in the division. Or he's probably the second best quarterback in our division. Fun, fun team to watch. A um, couple other games to point out. Monday night was a surprising um, fun game with the Jack, with the Bengals, uh, led by J- uh, Browning as the back of the quarterback, upsetting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence leaving with that injury. Um, but the Bengals beat the Jaguars 34-31 in overtime. If the Jaguars would have won that game, they would have been in first place, in for number one overall seed in the AFC. Not anymore. Yeah, and it wasn't the it wasn't the case of oh they put in some scrub you know fourth round pick out of you know Central Arkansas who's like his first or second year in the league. Their backup quarterback C.J. Beathard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a guy who's been around a while, who's had some pretty good games, and who's put up some decent numbers when he gets appearances. And he went nine for ten. So this, I mean, they beat a pretty solid team with two solid quarterbacks that played. My, my, my biggest criticism with the Jaguars, and I will have going forward, is their offensive line. I just don't think it's there. It's not. Sorry, and that are, was a they big. Are, they're, they are not. They, they, they will compete in the AFC. I don't think they're Super Bowl ready. They are one. That's a team that's one player away on either side of the ball. Agreed. Agreed. And even, are, even Colin Howard talked about how bad their line has played these last like four or five weeks. Yeah. He's, he's getting hit way too much. And then finally, um, you know, I got You know, I don't want to be a homer, of course, or anything, but um, you got to talk about the Packers. Yeah, you, you can't spill um, overrated what about done, Green Bay. I'm just kidding. What they've, <laughs> done, what they've done over the last two weeks, especially, it's just I wouldn't have guessed it. I mean, I I almost wrote them off for dead. Um, like a, you know, four weeks ago and everything, and they completely outplayed Detroit on Thanksgiving. Completely, and, and and they outplayed the Tennessee Chiefs. People are going to criticize the fishing. NBC spent like thirty minutes bitching and complaining of how Travis Hesley's push this was passing their just that and the other thing. I mean, it's like shut up with the media. The Chiefs. Had their first half possessions, they they had two red zone possessions. They scored six points, difference in the ball game. Jordan Love outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Jordan Love is looking like a real deal recently, and that's the youngest receiving core uh, in the in, in in all of the league by a long shot. Mm-hmm. They have two second year guys and two, uh, and three rookies. And they are wow. looking like a really – they look like they're a dangerous team in the NFC now. And that deep – and everyone's saying that Joe Barry should have been fired. Joe Barry at defense is trying to – you know, they're bending, not breaking, but they're making the plays for Sean Gary has been out of his mind. And this is a team that's still without – they were missing Devontae Campbell. He came back. 
This is a team that is still without, or it's still a team that is without their top corner in Jair Alexander. They're dangerous. I'll say it, they're dangerous. And that's what they're central that's easy. Yeah, they're entering this. I think you and I had talked a couple weeks ago about how rough of a start it was, but they had a rough schedule, like right out of the gates. And now they're kind of getting into the softer part of it. And like they're about to become the hot hand. The Vikings are the Vikings are done. Josh Dobbs is not a long term solution. The Bears are the Bears. And the Lions are kind of fizzling out, it seems like. The Lions are lying me. You know, the Lions might be dying free right now, but people said they were underrated a couple of weeks ago. They're overrated right now. They've not been very good recently. They they're they're running into some they're running into some problems, and and I don't think it's Jared Goff. Uh, I th- I think it's a little bit of the play the calling and their defense. defense. Their defense is suspect. Oh yeah, and it it had been doing so well with uh with Aaron Glenn turning it around. I'm gonna say this. I was highly critical of Matt before mm-hmm. for two months of the year. He said he was gonna get fired. I was ready to. I was ready to. This is his finest. This is far and away his finest coaching job right now. Yeah, people kept asking, "What's he going to do without Aaron Rodgers?" It's like, well, for the last couple of years, he's had the corpse of Aaron Rodgers. Or last year, it, it last year and a cor- half. I'm sorry, it was the corpse of Aaron Rodgers. Now he's playing with one of the youngest teams, or he's coaching with one of the youngest teams in the NFL, and they're they're on a hot streak, and Aaron Rodgers is on the bench. Shout. Shout out to Cheesehead uh, TV and Abby Back and Co. I listen to their podcast and everything. They called it. Uh, 2023 uh, Jordan Love is officially now better than 2022 Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. And it's statistics, statistics show. And all of a sudden, 2023 Jordan Love is now starting to be statistically better than 2008 Rodgers. Record and statistic-wise. Yeah, 2008 Rodgers was a rough with experiment. A, with a with a less with a less with a worse four. That's that's how good love seen. And I will say this for now, as a you know, I don't want to be home or anything. Everyone says it points out. Oh, it's started. People say it's always oh, the Rams team when you turn it around. The Rams team, Jordan Love didn't play very well. It was a Steelers game that they lost. Right. They, down to the final seconds because Love was actually seeing his progressions. I saw the progression and everything against that top defense. And he played it very well. You know, they played one of their best games of the season. And all right. And yeah, now, well, they had the Giants towing up. They had the Panthers, they had the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. the Bears, and Josh Dobbs Vikings. If, uh, if it's still going to yeah. be Josh Dobbs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not going to jinx them, but uh, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. As I think they can beat, if they get in, they can beat a top three team in the NFC, I think. Because they have the talent and they have the statistical background right now. Walter Football has said all year they've been a top 10 team. Statistic wise, they have been a top 10 team despite their struggles. They're young. An and they're so young. That's the best part of it. In three years, I mean, you guys might be hoisting another trophy. 
That's that's the crazy thing. You you have these guys it's not, who it's all not, it's not and it's not gonna be this year. I'm just saying No, it won't be this year, be this but year. you have guys who for the next three years you're gonna have you're gonna have your top two receivers who are still on a rookie deal. You have a quarterback who you still don't have to pay that much. You have a defense who you have for the most part under control. Correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know a little bit more. You definitely know a little bit more about their salary cap than I do. Well, this this issue was cap hell. Last, but they got it. Re- but they got it resituated though. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why they're still they're paying thirty million dollars or forty million dollars of Roger's salary this year. This is a team that's basically forty million dollar cap hit penalty. And they're performing this well. Everyone, jo- everyone laughed at me that I said that the Packers were at the time for playoffs earlier this year. I might have been the homer in me and everything. They still have the the paper, and I saw their schedule and everything. They have the chance, and that's what I'm being proven. And that's what a lot of the national media is looking like fools right now. That said, they're gonna be last place, and they said, "Oh, the Bears are gonna win the division." What a joke! Yeah, what a freaking joke! I had no faith in the Bears at all. I, I don't know so, where that love for them came in the off season, but dude, it, it, this it was ridiculous. So, so uh, let's go through the playoff picture right now. Um, so I'm just gonna say, um, the team. I'm gonna say, so right now at the playoffs for the end of the day, we're gonna, we gotta do this in the next five weeks. AFC, I'm going to just going to run through. One is Miami. Two is Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Three is Kansas City. Four is Jacksonville. Five is Pittsburgh. Six is Cleveland. Seven is Indianapolis. Team left out is eight is your Texans. One is the Eagles in the NFC. Two is San Francisco. Three is Detroit. Four is Atlanta. Five is Minnesota. Six is the sixth team is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. And seven right now is going to be the Green Bay Packers with the 18 going to be the Rams. I'm going to go through a couple of these divisional races on the wild card teams and everything. Say contender, pretender. All right. Okay. So we're going to start. And when I say these teams, I'm going to say if they're going to, if they, I, we're going to say if they're a contender or pretender for what they're competing for. We agree that the Dolphins are probably going to win the AFC East, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's the easiest lock. Yes, yes. Are the Bills going to compete for the wild card? Yes. I think they will. I think they're going to miss it. They have a tough stretch coming up. I don't think Josh Allen's there this year. I'm sorry. No. He's, and he's, their defense is so injured. They they just look beat up to me. I don't think – I think they can contend. I don't think they'll get it. Me and you both fight the Ravens to win the division. Yes. I think the two game is huge in that division. They are a, they're world beaters right now. I mean, they look really good. How do we feel about – I'm going to combine both of them because they're both – might as well throw all three in. 7-5 Steelers, 7-5 Browns, 6-6 six six Bengals. Who of the three is most likely to make the playoffs? Who's most likely to disappoint? I would say most likely to disappoint would be – I don't think the Bengals have high expectations for a playoff game anymore. So I think the ones who are going to disappoint because of how good of a start they've gotten off to and how much I think they're going to flame out, I think is the the Browns. I think the Browns are going to flame out just because inconsistency at quarterback. Love or hate Kenny Pickett, it does give you a sort of an advantage to have a guy who's consistently there and who whose team clearly loves and rallies around him. 
but now he's out. For how long, though? He's had, well, he has he has ankle surgery, so he's out for at least this week. Yeah? This so that would leave. He's gonna be he's gonna be sidelined for week seventeen. Uh-huh. So that would leave Mitch Trubisky in. Mitch Trubisky. Or Mason Rudolph, depending on... Okay. So, let's see. The Browns would roll with either P.J. Walker or Joe Flacco at this point. Two guys, one passes prime, one who's never going to have it. Or they go in Pittsburgh and you have Mitch Trubisky, a guy who's played in cold weather in Chicago, played in a playoff game, won a division, t- or, yeah, won a division title. I would still have to, I would still have to go with the Steelers on this one. I don't think the Bengals are going to get hot handed. I don't think they're going to go on a tear. So I would I would say the I would say the Steelers. I'm going to say the Steelers are going to disappoint. I don't like their offensive ball. I mean, I like Kenny. I like Kenny Pickett. If he was healthy, I'd say yes. But he's injured. Steelers have a tough, actually a surprisingly tough stretch. I know they play the Patriots this week and everything. Bill Belichick against a backup quarterback is bravery to him. Um, Colts at the Colts is a tough game. Bengals is a tough game for the Steelers. That's a that's a pivotal game. They still have to play the Ravens and the Seahawks away to end of the year. That's a tough stretch for the Steelers. I like the Browns. Um, I I know they've lost their last two and they lost a really bad game against the Rams this week. They played Jacksonville. That's a critical game. This is a big game for the um, Browns this week and everything. But then they play the Bear. They play the Bears. They play the Jets. They play at the Texans in our pivotal game before wrapping up against the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to miss out. They're going to compete, but they're going to miss out. I like the Browns to come out um, still um, in a wild card there. Jacksonville. Um, in the a in the AFC South, who's going to win that division? It's eight and four. Colts, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? I think the Colts are a pretender. Gardner Minshew has a little bit of magic, but he's proven a couple times that he's not a long-term guy um, or someone who can really get you to where you need to get to. He's just fun to watch for a little bit. I don't know how serious the Trevor Lawrence injury is going to be, or if he's going to miss any time, or what he's going to look like, but. I think the Jags still have a pretty good roster, and I think they're coached pretty well too. So I think they still win the division. I think Houston takes that wild card spot. Trevor Lawrence is likely to play against the Browns this weekend here and everything, uh, despite a high ankle sprain. They don't take it easy and just really roll with ETN or anything. Um, To me, when I I think all these offers. my hot, my hot take here is going to be that these teams swap with the AFC North. I think the AFC, the AFC, the AFC South is going to get three teams into the playoffs this year. Um, when I look, I think Jacksonville is the best team in the division. Just well-rounded they are. Um, I think your Texans are competing as hard as anyone this year. I mean, they are just playing close team after close team, and they have a favorite. They, 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 if they sweep the Titans, they make the playoffs, in my opinion. Um but they have a tough stretch to come out against good defensive teams. And the Colts have won four in a row. Yeah. And when Jonathan Taylor was out and everything, that team struggled. When Taylor's been back, Minshew's been a solid starter for them. They have a couple of nice – and their defense has been playing um, opportunistic football. Um, they are a sneaky, sneaky team. They won't go far in the playoffs, but they're a sneaky team to at least make it. I don't think they win the division, though. Um, me and you both agree that Kansas City is going to make the uh, going to win the division um, just by default. Um, are the Broncos a contender or are they a pretender? I I think they're getting better, 
and I think they could. Uh, I think they're scrappy enough that they could beat some good teams that might trick people into thinking they're a contender. But I, I think they're pretending at this point. I think they're pretending as well. I just don't. Tr- I don't trust them. They they won a lot of. They, they put up a lot of garbage time and everything. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, it, um, you know that game that's necessity. That you gotta win. You gotta, you know they they. The refs were given in the game, and he still. <laughs> yeah. When you throw two huge picks in the fourth quarter, and, everything, mm-hmm. you, gotta, and you and you lose by five points, you gotta win. Two, so whenever you throw two picks like that to the same cornerback on two very similar routes to the same receiver. It's like, all right, man, you're telegraphing that. And people are, people are going to pick on, people are going to catch on to that. Cause that's what happened to him last year. He was telegraphing everything. And these de- elite defenders are going to pick up on that. And I think there'll be a nine and eight team. So I think it'll be the first winning season in a while, but I just have no faith in them getting any kind of playoff push. The Rams and the Seahawks. For the wild NFC wild cards, contender or pretender? I think the I think they're both playing pretender. I don't think this is a good year for either one of them. I do think the Seahawks have a better chance of making it though. Yeah, Metcalf's having a down year and everything. Um, the rest of the offense has done okay and everything. I the Rams just put up a lot of offensive numbers. Their defense is just not the same. They that's a team that just needs a tank going forward. I mean, just get some capital back and everything. I think both these teams are going to fade off in the in, in the second half of the year. Um, I mean, let's just call it fade is fade. All these teams are pretenders in the NFC South with the Falcons, Buccaneers, and Saints. Um. Who's the strongest of the three you think right now going forward? Out of the NFC South? Yes. Well, I want to. So part of me says, well, the Saints could get hot because they have the best quarterback. The other part of me says the Falcons because they have the most talent. Um, hmm, that's so tough. And Baker Mayfield's doing what Baker Mayfield does, he flounders. I'm just I'm gonna go with the Falcons because they just don't seem to make as many. They make mistakes, but they don't seem to make as much as the other two teams. They're a tough team at home too. Yeah, they're they playing are, very well on Atlanta. Yeah, they play very well. You know, Atlanta they they beat the Saints already. Um, you know, they already beat the Saints at home and everything. They have a huge game at um home against the Bucks this weekend or anything that's certain really um you know I I, I think the the Buccaneers start off to way too high of a start. They overachieved early on in the year. I don't think they're there. The Saints, their car is just not healthy this year. And Chris Olave is having a down year. Yeah, it, it goes um, back to D- Derek Carr just not being healthy. The Buccaneers, like you said, they're doing what you and I thought they would do however, all year right now. However, only, they've lost three in a row, but they're the only team with a positive uh, differential uh, point differential in their division standings. Right. Um, we said uh, – I'm. Uh, Detroit Lions, contender for the NFC crown. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretender. I don't like their defense at all. I think Philly and San Francisco are just, are just too bad. Are, I would have said a month ago, I said Detroit would have been a contender and, a surprise, and an underdog pick. Mm-hmm. Right I, now, they are not playing good football. They're getting better, like, year by year. But they're. I think they're fading out. They would. I don't think they would beat Philadelphia. They definitely wouldn't beat San Francisco. I don't think they beat Dallas. With how Dallas has played, I don't think they would beat Dallas. Mm-hmm. The um, 
Packers and the Vikings contenders or pretenders for the wild card. I think the Packers are getting hot when they need to, and I'm going to call them pretenders. I think Minnesota is done. I have no faith in them. Um, my, my, I'm going to say the Packers are contenders. I have to be homer. They've won three in a row, but I think of the wild card teams, they have the most upside. Um, I think the I think the Vikings are I think there's too much talent there. I think I think of the remain remaining spots for the other wild card outside the Packers and everything. I think the Vikings have the better. I think they have more talent on paper. They have, and you know Justin Jefferson just just got back from injury and everything. Okay, done in a month. Perfect. And they have a head to head win against Green Bay. That is right. I mean Kirk Cousins did injury that day. They haven't been really the same team since. Um. Finally, um, last one before we get into our game for game predictions. Cowboys, contention for the NFC East. Contenders or pretenders? Mm, well, you know how I feel about them. Year by year. They are right there. I think, Big game this weekend. I think they are contenders, and here's why. The Eagles clearly aren't what we thought they were going to be. And Dallas is heating up. Now, the big question is, okay, they've beat, that's the, that's the biggest criticism on them. All they've done is beaten bet and they beat the Seahawks going into that. The Seahawks hadn't scored a touchdown in five quarters and they put, and they put 30 points on you. So it's like y'all beaten bad teams and y'all beat a team who has a winning record, but is clearly fizzling out. That's my only concern with them, but I do think they have talent. I do think they have a, pretty solid offensive scheme. I think Dak is playing an underappreciated year. So I think they could beat the Eagles. I'm not saying they will, but they definitely could. I, I'm going to say contender because and I don't know if it's going to happen, but look at that Eagles team back a month ago in Philly. Dallas easily could have won that game if it wasn't for Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott killed the Cowboys' chances. They gave the game away. And that, and again, that goes back to the big concern. And this and this is the big knock on Dak Prescott. Whenever people are going to talk about him, when his time in Dallas is inevitably going to end in a few years, he's Danny. He's Danny he, White two point He's he's Danny White. White. He's Danny White. That's exactly what he is. A guy who had and talent that's what, but just couldn't get he, it done. He's a poor man's Danny White. Danny White was much better than him. He was. Dak Prescott came into a pretty good situation, has had talent around him, has had stable rosters around him. He had a defense. He's had offensive lines. He's had a run game. He had a Hall of Fame tight end. He's had Pro Bowl receivers. He's had receiving talent. They can't sit here and tell us that he's never had help. That's just not true. Dak Prescott disappears in big games. And when it comes – yeah, he's losing to these big teams by one possessions. He's still losing to them. He doesn't beat the big teams. He doesn't win the big games when you need him to. Yep. So, by the way, Son, uh, so we have to get going here uh, with our predictions because uh, we have 15 games to predict because this is the last week of buys, believe it or not. Oh, my goodness. There's only two teams on buy, which we get, you know, the Cardinals are actually uh, playing, you know, I thought they played pretty well, but they're on a buy, and the Commanders, you know, their season's done. Uh, they're on a bye. We get an epic offensive game tomorrow night with the Patriots and the Steelers. Oh, my. 
30 and a half is the over-under for a for Thursday night football game. God bless Al Michaels. You are cursed. And for Amazon is cursed with that package and everything. Um, the Steelers are six-point favorites. The Patriots are an absolute mess on the offense. They're still good defense. Um, I like Trubisky here uh, in the Steelers. They're much they're better coach team this year, better team offensively, defensively. Yeah, I'm I'm also gonna go with the Steelers on this one in a super ugly game. Ugly game. Your you should came up for this one, so your Houston Texans are traveling to MetLife to take on the New York Jets. Texans are a three and a half point favorite. Thirty three and a half is the over under. Stout Jets defense. Jack Wilson's back to being quarterback here and everything. Do the Jets pull the upside against Houston? No, because I have no faith in Zach Wilson. The same's gonna be close for three quarters. I'm gonna tell you why. I think the isn't isn't uh isn't your left tackle still out? I believe he is. You mean Larry Tunsil? Not Tunsil, the other one, the right tackle. Titus Howard. Yes. Yes. He's that's in, huge. He's he's inconsistent. That's just, that's, that that pass is still dominating. They'll it's they'll move close. uh they'll move Andrew it's Beck in pass protection. It's He'll be fine. Typical Texans fashion is tongues down to the final two minutes. Texans squeaked out a victory with a CJ Stroud uh, with a rushing touchdown uh, to put them up uh, two scores very late here. But it's going to do it at the end here. Uh, Texans had a huge uh, road victory. Panthers and Saints. This is a big one for the South pitcher because of the Saints here. Um, Saints are a six five point favorite. Panthers are being a little bit better of late and everything. I don't think they done. I think the Saints roll at home. I think the Saints blow them out. Rams and the Ravens. Raven, uh, one o'clock game. Ravens hosting the Rams. Seven point. I love the Ravens in this one. Give me a. I always bet as a West Coast team traveling East Coast for an early stint. Every single time, I think the Ravens are a top three team in football. I'm going to take the Ravens on this one as well. Colts and the Bengals. Battle of the backups here with Darnell Minshew and uh, and Browning here and everything. Colts are riding that win streak here. Give me the Colts to win an ugly game uh, on the road here. I think they win by four. Yeah, I'll have to go with the Colts here on this one as well, even though I don't want to. Another ugly offensive game, Jaguars and Browns. Trevor Lawrence is may or may not be out. This game's down to 30 and a half. Take that over right now because uh, if Lawrence is going to play, that's going to jump up. That's a benefit uh, for that. Browns defense is still really, really legit. I still think the Jaguars dead done. This is a field goal game, though. Stay away from the spread. Yeah, I, th- I would have to pick the Jags here, too, and I would say the same thing. Stay away from the spread. The Lions against the Bears. Lions go into Chicago to take on the Bears. Lions are in a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Lions tend not to play well on the road, not the case really this year and everything. Give me the Lions in a, in a nice bounce-back game. They need it. Yeah, I'll say the Lions as well. Buccaneers and the Falcons. Bu- uh, Falcons are at home. Hosting the Buccaneers, Mike Davis is having a – you know, he and Jerry Rice are the only ones that have uh, – I, what was it? Ten, you know, ten years of of a thousand straight 
uh, seasons and everything, really kudos to him. He's going into the Hall of Fame and everything. Um, I think the Buck. This game is going to be real. This is this is the highlight of the one o'clock games, in my opinion. Everything. Falcons said done by the way. Field goal by Yunho Ku. Yeah, I'm also. I got to pick the Falcons here because they're at home. I think it's an ugly game though. 49ers and the Seahawks. 49ers are a ten and a half point favorite. Seahawks tend to play them a little bit tougher. I think the 49ers destroy them here. Seattle has not been the same team uh, ever since uh, October. And I think mean, the 49ers are big. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Niners as well at home. I don't think the Seahawks are the same team that they were last year. The Vikings going into Vegas, which should be heavy purple in uh, Vegas, to take on the Raiders. Um, Vikings are a three-point favorite. They come off um, – Back-to-back, uh, really crushing losses here. Um, I'm gonna go with the upset here. I like the, I like what Antonio Pierce is doing with the Raiders. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like the defense of Minnesota at all. I don't either. I, I do like the roster that they have, though. I think I'm gonna roll with the Vikings here. The Bills and the Chiefs, what the NFL anticipated being the primetime game this weekend or anything, not it's losing a little bit of its luster with uh, t- a couple of me- couple of mediocre seasons by them by their standards and everything. Um, Bills go into uh, Arrowhead. This is a must win for the Bills and everything. I think the Bills pull off the upset here. They win by seven. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think the you know, you gotta you gotta remember their team MVP is is still there. You'll see, you'll see his black and white shirt. <laughs> or you mean uh, what twenty four seconds on the clock or overtime? Because the Bills have lost every single overtime game under Josh Allen and stuff crazy. Yeah, um, he's Broncos never won an overtime game. Broncos and the Chargers, despite their record, the Chargers are actually favored in this game. Um, I'm going to go. I'm. This seems like a weird Staley game. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to pick the Broncos. I think they bounce back, and Sean Payton just shows up and out coaches and just has his guys more prepared. The Eagles and the Cowboys Sunday night football swelling and everything. Um, this game is actually going to be held in general. That's what we need to talk about. This was a really close contest in Philly. Um, earlier in November here and everything. This game's now in Dallas. Eagles tend to play well in Dallas and everything. I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think their pass rush with Lane Johnson being out is going to be the difference in the ball game. I think Dallas is right now the better team. I'm also going to pick Dallas, even though I don't want to, but I think for the same reasons, they're on a, they got some momentum going and with their pass rush and how it's been playing, I can't pick the Eagles here. And plus, the Cowboys are at home. Cowboys are at home. We got a doubleheader Monday Night Football game, uh, Monday Night Football, which I absolutely hate. The Mannings are actually going to do a double, uh, simulcast of, of doubleheader, which should be really fun to watch. Titans and the Dolphins. Uh, Will Levis is trying to um, show why he's a rookie quarterback. I think he's had a okay start. I think DeAndre Hopkins has been good, but I think. Uh, Tyreek, McDaniel, and that offense, they beat up on bad teams. They're going to do it again. I'm going to. Yeah, I think they're going to get burned. I think the Dolphins win this pretty heavy handedly. Finally, we have the Packers against the Giants, where Jordan Love faces toughest test yet. Tommy DeVito 
in New Jersey, <laughs> taking on the Giants. Um, I actually think this game is going to be close for three quarters. Um, Giants defense is actually really good. Um, their offense is tough to watch. Tommy DeVito, when he has time and actually throws the ball downfield, has been making really nice plays over the last two weeks and everything. Packers that done closer game than people think. I agree with you. I think it is going to be a closer game, but I think to, I have the Giants winning this. They they're clearly rallying around this Devito guy. He's <laughs> he's new. As as much as I thought Daniel Jones kind of got some unfair treatment, he was never New York. He was he it was never he was never for that area. It just never made sense. This city was never going to back him up, and that's not his fault. That's not. I think he's the perfect Minnesota guy. But I, I th- these guys, DeVito. these guys love Devito. He's Italian. Yeah, it's it's hard to root against. It's hard to root against him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he, he I almost picked him up in fantasy football, just so it would just be a meme. I just picked up Tommy Devito just as a joke, but he's actually played pretty well the last two games. He's he's had some solid moments. He's had some solid. He's gone from just handing the ball off to actually contributing on offense. So he's done really well. By the way, Sarico said it best. Love shove is much better than push push. Just trying to say that. I agree. Just uh, yeah, love shove is much better. It's more if inspiring. Like, I hate the Eagles. But when you push somebody in a push, you are giving them a little bit of love, aren't you? If if you like this if, if you like this episode of these podcasts, be sure to let us uh, be sure to like us and subscribe on here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Be sure to listen to us for the last four weeks of the NFL season as we recap this week's action and uh, predict uh, who's in, uh, the upcoming playoff push. As well as be sure to listen to our bowl season college football show. Um, as we break down the college football playoff, and be sure to listen to our college show as we rip the NCAA committee a new asshole. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. You'll be good.